Knoxville's Living Water. The Way 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Israel might be close to a peace deal that would require them to give up a piece of their land. Is it too late to turn back the rampant lawlessness? We'll see if one major city can repent. Our favorite religious leader is back in the news to talk about anything but the Bible. And coming to a church conference near you where you can be told the Bible is wrong and man is right. We'll tell you where you can attend. All the darkness, though, is going to come to light as we discuss the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, October 6th. 2023. Our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, wants to make your insurance needs simple. So for a stress-free, personalized, no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnson.com. INS.com. Listen, watch, or do both with any of our previous shows. Share any of our shows with someone you know. And as always, you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on our Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that a smile is an inexpensive way to improve your looks is Pastor Mark who recently walked into a library and asked if they had any books on paranoia. So the librarian replied, sure, they're right behind you. (laughs) No, that's smile. Again. But I added sound effects. Yeah, but smiling. The the smile makes everything better. You just said. (laughs) You just said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It improves your looks. It doesn't improve the joke. It doesn't. See, that's the... That's the problem. But it's good to get those things out of the way and, and run off the bat out of the way, too, because everybody's going to be watching online saying, what's that red thing on, on Pastor Mark's nose? That happens every time I ride my motorcycle with a helmet. I'm allergic to the helmet, apparently. Oh, interesting. And it causes a little red place on my nose for a couple of days, and it goes away. And uh, I, I took a long trip. And so, sure enough, like clockwork, the little red place came up, and it'll be gone. So nothing. I didn't scratch my nose. Tracy and I didn't get in a fight, and everything's fine. <laughs> I thought it was your CPAP machine, quite No, honestly. no, no, no. This is from the, the full face mask helmet does that almost. That you fought with your it does yeah it's just one of those things it does it and that's kind of how it is so now we answer that question now now we answered that question (laughs) (laughs) and now we have to address the elephant in the room yes i want to do that perhaps you did not see the elephant in the room but and i did not see the elephant in the room but pastor mark saw the elephant in the room and he's going to share with us what that is and even though you didn't see the elephant in the room everybody heard Heard the (laughs) elephant in the room and not just because greg played that right there what i'm talking about is the fema test that happened here on the 4th of october and 
Everybody's phones went off and all that happened or whatever. Again, um, first of all, let me just say there were a lot of, you know, there's people all over the scale on this kind of stuff. I mean, you go on the Internet, you had everything from that was going to start the uh, zombie apocalypse all the way to it meant nothing. And what I find is typically with a lot of these major events, and this was a major event, I'll explain why. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, and that is, is that I do believe it was a major event. No, I do not believe it was the zombie apocalypse. But I do believe it was a major prophetic marker for the Antichrist, and let me tell you why. What you may not know, if you don't search the world news like I do, is they're doing these tests all over the world. They did it just not too long ago across Europe. They did the same thing. On the same day that we did it, they did a test in um, in um, Israel. Now, theirs was announced as a uh, air raid thing or whatever, and that may have been what it was, but they also have done the test for these emergency broadcasting in Israel, and now they did it here in America. The bottom line is they're doing these or have done i'm not sure if they're completed yet but they've they're doing these all over the world and you say well, what's the big deal there's always been fema tests or different tests in different countries and different places here's what the big deal is this is the first time according to the information i'm getting that they turned everything on in other words it wasn't just sent to uh, your radio uh, or your tv or your phone they sent this to your phones your iPhones, your radios, your TVs, your iPads, your I think computers. Any, any smart device. Any yeah. smart device connected. They sent it to it, and they did this nationwide, and they've done this now around the world. But what this does is this is a new level of communication, Greg. This is why I say we've got to start thinking in the sense of prophetic and not just you know uh, local and, and all the other things that are out there, you know, whether whatever they are. But here's why this is significant to me. What they have done now is they have literally connected the entire world together. See, it's easy to connect these systems with America to Europe to Israel to everything else to where one person in the right place, you could flip that switch and everybody could hear one person say, I have an announcement to make. And they could speak to the entire world at one time on any and every device anyone is on, which means virtually no one is missed. Now, why is that so key? Because we know when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to control the world. The Bible says that he will use this um, image of the beast that's there in Jerusalem at the temple, uh, third temple that's going to be rebuilt. He'll use that to communicate, if you will, to the world. And it's this kind of technology is what I'm watching that now links the entire world together. Even if you're not watching something, Greg, no matter where you are or what you're doing, pretty much if anything can receive a signal, it's going to receive the signal. And then he'll be able to make announcements and say, okay, here's what we're doing world okay here's what we're going to do now and, and he can literally communicate with the entire world sitting behind a desk with a microphone and interrupt everybody's shows everybody's life everything on any device to me this is just huge well and f- to take that a step further with that in mind now you can appreciate why in third world countries where people are living in shacks yeah in living in places that don't even have indoor plumbing They've got cell phones. Yeah, you They've know, They've got cell service. Listen, just well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's, well, just yeah. recently, I saw a guy doing a video. He was in the middle of the, the jungles of Panama, and he's and these people are in huts and and mud forts, and in the background was a five G tower sticking up out of the jungle. I'm like, okay, wait, wait a minute, what's going on? Here's what's happening: is is quietly while no one's paying attention, and maybe not so quietly, they're putting these towers all over the world in right. the most obscure places. And, and, and the reason they're doing it, Greg, now we see this communication. Yeah. There's going to be worldwide yeah. communication 
maybe even connected to Starlink somehow. That now I was just going to say, here. Starlink's going to cover what anything else won't. I mean, you can't escape. I mean, here's the bottom line. You'll be in the middle of the ocean, Pastor right. Mark, and you'll yeah. be able to get this. Now, now, we need to realize, guys, what's going on here from a spiritual perspective. Remember, you go back to where the Bible says that Satan wants to be like God. And so we're to be, as, as prophecy students, we're to be watching these things in the last days. Satan desires to be like God. And what can God do? God can speak to all people the same message at one time if he wants. He can speak to anyone on, on, on the planet. And, of course, God can do it because he's God supernaturally. Satan cannot. And this just, I think, burns Satan so much, no pun intended, but makes him very furious in that sense that he wants to be God and like God, but he can't. He will always be the created one. And God will always be the creator who is greater. And so um, you're seeing him try, though, everything that God did to either reverse it or to do the same thing God can do. And it reminds me when God did the miracles in Egypt. Remember, uh, the, the Janice and Jambres came, and they did yes. some of the same things. All they did was make it worse. They couldn't create it. They could just take it and do something with it. Now what Satan is doing is he's taking what God has created and he's trying to make it look like he's the creator. He wants to be the creator. He's just taking what God's already created and he's using it to try to be like God. So now trying to communicate with the entire world as he'll do through the Antichrist and all these other things. So I think this is a major, major prophetic moment that was just revealed before the world, even though the world doesn't recognize it. Uh, to, to bring the full port the the full import of the spiritual aspect of this god's communication system god's 5g if you want to call it that right, right. is his holy spirit yeah which goes anywhere everywhere all the time yeah satan can't do that so the next best thing is cellular service yeah is yeah. wi-fi it's it's the it's the internet in in its entirety right it's the only way that he can possibly try to replicate that's right see we have one g uh, made up of three parts <laughs> father right. son and holy spirit <laughs> one g we have one g made up of three parts father son and holy spirit and of course he's trying to do that and again what's so what's like so amazing that. is this only god can communicate only god can do these things in the intimate level yes. and whatever but again i also want to encourage a lot of people that are very afraid about this and very nervous because when you see these kind of end times things like the world suddenly changed when i heard that alarm going by the way there were phones in our place that were off and they came on so they were able to turn phones that were off on and send the signal. So just because your phone is off, they can still send that signal, which means all the phones could be off and they, he could still speak to us. But they're really not off. Yeah, he could still speak yes. to us through those phones. So, so, so that was the craziest thing is all these phones go on, on, you know, that start making this noise that are turned off. And, and you realize, whoa, I mean, this is, it was like a, to me, Greg, because I knew what was happening worldwide. Now, it didn't all happen worldwide on the same day. Don't miss it. It happened in a different time in Europe and maybe a different time in Israel, although there was an Israeli test at the same day on the 4th. I'm not sure exactly if it was the same emergency broadcast or just their normal, um, uh, you know, war thing or whatever. Anyway, but, but I know it's being tested all over the world, but it went, it was so loud and it was so everywhere. It was, yeah. it was loud and it was everywhere. And it was like this, it was like a trumpet blast. But not the one we're waiting on. Oh. And it was almost to me, oh, it, it almost reminisced to me of the, although it's the same thing that's always yeah. done. I'm thinking in the spiritual sense, it was almost like there was this, to me, the enemy, like, I have your attention and I'll be getting it more in the future. And I'm not, again, I, I, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that the enemy even did this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not over spiritualizing a FEMA test. <laughs> I'm simply saying 
that FEMA did a test now that the enemy can manipulate and use, I believe, worldwide to speak to the world in whatever he wants in any way when this guy does step on the scene. So you talk about the stage being set, which is what prophecy does. We talk about on the show about the enemy staging, getting the stage set, you know, for his appearance. I mean, to me, this was a major marker that needed to be in place before he was revealed. They could have hidden it, but it's been revealed. And now when he steps on the scene, you're going to have all kinds of levels of communication. It's just pretty freaky. Wow. Yeah. It's, Makes, it's really, yeah. yeah. Well, I again, like the trumpet blast analogy. Well, again, it, but it felt like an eerie when it went off, Greg. I wasn't even thinking about it because it went off. I knew it was supposed to go off, I think, at like 422 or, or 122 uh, uh, Central Time, 222 Eastern. I forget the time. Anyway. So it, it overrides all your volume settings. It did everything. If you got your phone off, if it If your phone's matter. off, it still doesn't matter. Yeah. And and, and it came on. It, did, it, it was two minutes early in the area that I was in. It just came on two minutes early as to what they were announcing, which isn't, isn't that big of a deal. But I was waiting on it, expecting it at the yeah. right time. So it really took me by surprise. Suddenly, I'm waiting on it to happen, and just boom, there it was. Like somebody yeah. jumps around the corner and goes, boo. But the thing is, it was this eerie sound that we've all heard before. But to me, because I knew it was happening worldwide and at different times around the world, you know, I knew this is... There's something happening here that is a major, major world communication event that links to the Antichrist and his ability to talk to the world. And it was just, it was eerie. It was just eerie. In relation to the synchronicity, what you don't know is that for radio stations, um, the ETRS system that the FCC, that's what all of that is. Right. We have to, as radio stations, we have to fill out forms to the FCC on that test. Right. There's three forms. Right. And one of the forms that we have to fill out is post-test. And we have to put in the exact times and seconds that that message came in. Okay. How long it lasts, all that kind of stuff. And then that feedback goes back to the FCC. So that can be used to further your your thinking. That can be used to tweak the infrastructure, if you will. So the next time a test goes out, it's more synchronous yeah. that everyone gets it closer to the same time that they're actually supposed to get it. Yeah. And there's not this disparity of time between these different areas or regions or yeah. states or places in the world yeah. that would get it. So yeah. anyway. It also does one last thing, and then I want to make sure we have time for the announcements today. But, Greg, also it identifies every phone, where they are, and who the registered owner is. So immediately they know where everybody is, where their phone is, at least where their phone is in their name all over the world. Boom. When they did that, they knew where every cell phone was in America and who it was that owned it and where it was at that moment, regardless whether you turned it off or not. Now, you may have put in a Faraday bag. A lot of people were... If you put in, a Faraday bag, that'll cut it off. R- right. You know, But the thing is, is they can send those signals without, the, without it going off. If they didn't get everybody, they can send it later quietly yes. and still register everybody's phones. So the bottom line is, if you take the phone out of the bag, then you're going to get the signal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, it's it's a thing where it's interesting. I mean, the whole thing is just very interesting to me because, again, I don't want to make it more than it is, and I don't want to get off in crazy conspiracy theories or whatever. Here's my point. My point is simply this. It was a real test that links the entire world together now on every device where someone can make can speak a message to the entire world at the same time, no matter where they are or what they're doing, if any of those devices are anywhere near. And that to me is so Revelation 13 that it's it's when I say exciting, don't misunderstand me. I want to address the fear issue. I forgot about that. I said it and didn't, didn't do it. Some people are afraid. Oh, no, this makes me afraid because it shows another sign that we're getting closer to the Antichrist. No, listen, get excited. The closer we get to the Antichrist, the closer we get to the rapture of the church, and we're taken out of here before he reveals himself. And we get to be with the Christ. Yes, this is a reason to be excited. Remember, fellow believer, you were chosen for such a time as this, for such a, this is the time that he could have had you born at any time in 
history. He had you born now, which means he's equipped you with everything you need emotionally, psychologically, physically. He's your protector. He's the creator. Satan is the created. He's in control. This is something to realize. It's going to happen. One generation is going to be here when it takes place. I believe we are that generation. And so get excited and be looking up. Be about your father's business. Again, don't pack your bags and sit on the hillside. We occupy until he comes. But this is an exciting moment for believers. The return of the Lord is noticeable. We don't know when it's going to happen, but everybody needs to be ready. And so praise the Lord. It will be announced through an EAS testing That's right. Word. And then yes. you'll miss it because yes. you'll be gone. There'll be another trumpet sound <laughs> that'll drown that out. And you'll be out of here anyway. <laughs> oh, that's All right. funny. Good stuff. That's funny. Good stuff. All right. Let's uh, go over the Atlantic and head in through the Mediterranean to the nation of Israel, where we see the Times of Israel is reporting on Benjamin Netanyahu, and he's telling the useless, I'm, er, I mean United Nations, that <laughs> Israel is at the cusp of an historic peace deal yes. with Saudi Arabia. Yes, which not only reeks of Ezekiel 38 and 39, but yes. other things as well. as well. It says, taking the stage Friday at the United Nations General Assembly, Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said that Israel is at the cusp of a historic peace agreement with Saudi Arabia, a deal he predicted will transform the Middle East. And I quote, such a peace will go a long way to ending the Arab-Israeli conflict, said Netanyahu, addressing the gathering for the 12th time. Uh, it will encourage other Arab states to normalize their relations with Israel. It will enhance the prospects of peace with the Palestinians. Note that. It will encourage a broader reconciliation between Judaism and Islam, between Jerusalem and Mecca, between the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael. There's a lot here in this in that statement that he made. Uh, again, he says the prime minister's office made a point to send out a photo of a diplomat, um, a, a diplomat to the Israeli reporters uh, again of the diplomat of Saudi Arabia watching his speech, saying, "Hey, the Saudis are watching this." The address came days after Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman struck an optimistic tone about the prospects of an agreement, telling Fox News that every day we get closer to the uh, Saudi Arabia normalization ties with Israel. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, well number one. Uh, this falls right in line with what we see in Ezekiel 38 and 39, where the Bible tells us when all these armies come against Israel, Russia, Iran, these others, and attack them, Saudi Arabia is not going to be a part. And Saudi, Sheba and Dedan. That's right. And that's that region. And they've yes. been historic enemies. And so the fact that they would not take part shows that, hey, we've, we've, there's been some type of peace that's been struck, some type of deal. And so that's huge. Also, it um, uh, opens up the door to uh, the Palestinian uh, negotiations because once one major um, uh, Islamic nation falls in agreement, Greg, um, and again, this is where Mecca, literally Mecca is, then that's encouragement to the other Muslim nations to say, well, if the place where Mecca is, Saudi Arabia, doesn't mean they'll do it. It means it's an encouragement to say, you know what, this could be done now. This Now, they've given in. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's see if we can't find some kind of peace. It's bringing the world together in world unity like the Bible says will happen. So that's exciting. And as we mentioned before, lastly, um, you know, one of uh, Abraham's uh, wife, um, after Sarah, another wife that Abraham had, uh, one of his children, they were the descendants, which we now get Saudi Arabia, the Sheba and Dedanites. So it's a family connection, even as though, um, you know, Ishmael may not be totally connected, but the children of Abraham, so to speak, 
are being brought back together in the last days, which is kind of sweet to me of the Lord. I'm, again, I'm not saying they're all going to be buddy-buddy and that Saudi Arabia is going to get saved, but I know that God loves them, and I believe God's going to be reaching out to them. We know people in Saudi Arabia are getting saved, and I think you're going to see more and more people in the Muslim world getting saved because the Lord loves them just because they didn't receive the promise that he gave to Isaac doesn't mean they don't have the promise of the cross. And so this, to me, is just more doors opening for the gospel to reach them. And again, it is a historic moment. It is exciting. And I think it's going to open up doors for this kind of one world government coming together as well. I mean, again, you're watching, you know, Greg, and I'm going to, I'm going to veer off for a second because I may forget it if I don't. So bear with me on this. But this whole immigration thing happening around the globe. Remember, worldwide is what we watch when it comes to prophecy, Prophecy, not just America. They're now saying that since uh, President Biden took office, we've had nine million more come in illegally. And that's just those that didn't include the gotaways, the ones they didn't catch, as they call them, gotaways or whatever. That's just the ones they know about. So you're looking at one one congressman said he believes we're close to 40 million illegal aliens uh, in in the states now. Try to think about that. 40, 30 to 40 million. That's a seventh of our national population. Now, why is this happening? Well, there's a lot of biblical reasons we could talk about. There's a lot of other reasons we could talk about. But remember, the U.N. has broken the world up into 10 regions, and the goal is break down all the barriers and walls of all the countries, that they lose their national sovereignties so that we can blend together these 10 regions, which may very well end up being these leaders over those 10 regions, being the 10 toes, time will tell. But either way, so seeing the walls come down, everybody blending together, Greg, this is a part of that whole thing happening. And now this in the Middle East This will help to break down walls, at least psychologically and emotionally, for the blending together of the nations that are conglomerate together in the Middle East. So all of this is working together for the one world government. And now we have the system where the the Antichrist can communicate with everybody in, in the one world government. I mean, we're watching prophecy take place before our eyes. It is so exciting. Yes. Well, what's not so exciting is our next story. This is from the Jerusalem Post. The Saudis are saying that this peace agreement we were just talking about proposed must include a Palestinian state and East Jerusalem as its capital. Yeah, again, something is going to happen uh, along this front because the Bible tells us in Joel that God's going to judge them for dividing his land. Um, Whether that'll end up being this place as the capital or part of East Jerusalem, I think we are headed that way, Greg. Listen, Saudi Arabia has said that any solution to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict would need to include an independent Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital. Statement made by Foreign Minister, and listen to his name, Fazel bin Faran al-Faran al-Saud, at the uh, U.N. General Assembly uh, Saturday night, he spoke the day after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave his address, during which he touted the idea of a new Middle East with normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia. He hinted at the possibility of a coalition considering uh, concessions to the Palestinians. Okay, that's huge. So I told you it's going to link the world together. Um, and again, CNN, Fox, they'll ask them, do you think that the, that your far right party would go along with any kind of blending like that? Cause they came out, uh, the, uh, you know, the finance minister, uh, Bazalel Smotrich came out and said no concessions would be made. Well, Netanyahu very boldly said, you know what? Basically, that's up to me. I'll decide where the concessions will be made. So they're wondering, is this going to pull your coalition apart? Are you going to be looking? And, and remember, for, for an Israeli government to function. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, they could, they could bring everything down. So we have to wait and see what's going to happen there in that situation. But, With that said, again, I do believe there's going to be some type of deal made. And, Greg, I don't think it's going to fully be implemented until the Antichrist comes on the scene in dividing up the land. Now, they may make some agreement in dividing up Jerusalem before that. They may try to. It may fail. They may do it partially. I don't know. 
But I believe this in Daniel chapter 9, when it talks about the Antichrist making this deal with Israel and the surrounding nations, I believe this is going to be part of it. And, and I'll tell you how I think it's going to come down. Again, the Bible doesn't say, so I want to be careful. But the kind of things to watch for, I think there will be a dividing of the land. I think there will be some type of granting of a Palestinian state. The problem is, capital and state, the problem is, for many of the Jews, that's a non-negotiable. You can't do that. We don't want them to have a Palestinian state. Well, that that's a major problem on the negotiation side with those guys. On this side of Ezekiel. Yeah. Now, on the uh, Palestinian side and the Arab side and the Saudi Arabian side, there, there's also a, a major stumbling block, and that is the Jews want part of the Temple Mount. They want to be up there. They want to go up there and do sacrifices. They want to be up there serving, serving the Lord and doing all that goes with that. And so you have these two stalemates on both sides here. I personally believe that both of these are going to be brokered by the Antichrist as a deal to bring this thing together. And that is, the Antichrist will have such charisma and power from Satan, that the Bible says he'll have, he's going to be able to talk the Jews completely into say, agreeing to some type of Palestinian state, some type of capital there in Jerusalem, when they have said, nope, we're the capital, Jerusalem's the capital, the eternal capital of Jerusalem, we won't budge, you know. I think he's going to be able to cause them to budge on that, under the agreement that they can also have part of the Temple Mount to rebuild their temple. So the Jews will have to lose something they greatly want to gain something they greatly want. The Palestinians and Saudi Arabia and the Muslims who say they could, will never give up the Temple Mount, I believe they're going to end that agreement, be coerced into giving up a portion of the Temple Mount so they can have their Palestinian state yeah. in eastern Jerusalem or wherever it ends up being. So I think both sides are going to have to give. I think the only one that's going to be able to broker this and make it happen is going to be this supernatural supernaturally empowered antichrist who's going to be coming on the scene to make this happen and that's part of i believe the daniel 9 deal now does the bible lay all that out specifically no and i'm not saying that but the bible does tell us they will divide the land the bible does tell us they will build a third temple those are facts from the bible so how do we get there i think we can speculate and say we're speculating i believe there's going to be some type of negotiation to get there and so we'll wait and see how that falls together doesn't the bible indicate that it will be the Antichrist that will allow those things or put those things in in motion. We well to have to have to, they're going to if they're if he's going to allow the Jews to build their third temple, yeah, which is clear there, yeah, isn't wouldn't the dividing of the land or you're just surmising even though God's word maybe doesn't say that it should go along with that because of the temple. Yeah, there's a little disclaimer here. Okay, in it, okay, it doesn't prophetically say the Antichrist will help them build their third temple. The Bible teaches that the Messiah will help them build their temple. And the Jews believe when someone comes along to help them build a, I'll put that in quotes, a temple, it's going to be their Messiah. Because the Bible does say the Messiah will help them build their temple. But what's going to happen is, is the Antichrist is going to come in and allow them to build it, which they'll think he's their Messiah. So I think he will be the one promoting it, uh, The the unless I'm forgetting some scripture where it directly says he does. Uh, and I'll, I'll check on that. I'll double check that. But I believe it's simply just that they know they're, they're, the Messiah is going to help them build their temple. So they believe because he does come to help them build their temple that he's the Messiah. And so, yes, I do believe he's going to allow them to do that. And they're going to think he's the Messiah because of that. And again, Greg, as I'm thinking about these scriptures, it might be that it does say that the Antichrist is going to help them build their temple. But they're going to think he's the Messiah because of that. So I've got to go back and glance real quick again before I say for sure on that one. So okay. I have to wait till next week on that. I should have that in the back of my brain. But I just realized I want to make sure. You just got back from vacation. Yeah, I want to make sure on that one because, again, I'm thinking of some scriptures that may indicate, yes, indeed, he will let them. I know he'll let them build the third temple. But I was thinking those overlap and them being deceived that he was the Messiah and letting him do it. 
either way, we'll clear, we'll clarify that for you next week. But uh, I, I, again, either way, it's going to happen. Yeah. Those things are going to happen. And I, I believe that it's going to be negotiated by him in the midst of that. So, okay. Well, speaking of the temple, Pastor Mark, according to Israel 365 News, a Jewish man has been arrested for attempting to bring sacrifice yeah. to the temple. Shocking. Well, here you go. But see, this is it. Now, remember what <laughs> yes. we're coming up on. The reason being is this week is the Feast of Tabernacles. So we're ending the Feast of Tabernacles right now, which they would offer these sacrifices. Uh, they're on the Temple Mount, so they're driven more when it's the holidays to do this, whether it be the Passover, whether it be whatever. Um, but, but notice what it says. Yar Hanak, an activist from the Return uh, to the Mount organization, was arrested at the light rail station near the old city of Jerusalem while bringing a male sheep to the Temple Mount with the intention of providing it for sacrifice. Now listen, the story gets a little bit humorous after this. Return to the Mount Advocates uh, for allowing Jews to perform the biblically mandated animal sacrifices on the temple. Or they, they, they basically they advocate for that to return the sacrifices back. And I quote, there's no more room for Muslim rule on the Temple Mount. The time has come to build a Jewish temple and renew the sacrificial works, the organization said after uh, Hanok's arrest. Raphael Morris, the head of the organization, confirmed the details of the incident. And the, here's the funny part. It is unclear what the man will be charged with because it's not illegal to bring a goat or a lamb to Jerusalem. <laughs> so he brought a, he brought a, a lamb in. He brought a sacrifice in, yeah. uh, and and it wasn't illegal to bring the goat or lamb in because there's no law against it. But they arrested him because he was trying to take it on the Temple Mount, and they knew that would start a riot. So maybe they'll get him for the attempts to incite a riot. I don't know what they're going to get him for, but look. This just goes right in line with what we talked about, their desire to build the third temple. They want There's a large group there that's growing every day yeah. that wants to build that third temple. There are those that are pushing the envelope. Um, when the Antichrist, when, you know, when this whole thing about East Jerusalem comes up, I think part of this far-right government are others that are going to be involved. Greg, they're going to be pushing for the temple, the rebuilding of the temple. So, again, this is very, very interesting to watch how this is all going to fall into place. But, again, those two go hand in hand. We're going to see that third temple rebuilt. And East Jerusalem is already populated, already has a Muslim population yes, there. That's, it does. It, that's predominantly where the Arab uh, contingent is living, is it not? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the, it, it's a, it's a largely Muslim Palestinian area. So yeah. you could so so you could see logically, or from a human standpoint, you could reason and say, well, listen, they're already living there. Yeah, why not just let them? I mean, it's not like we're going to go in there and repopulate the area, right? But here's the sticking point: the Jews have grown up saying this is our eternal, undivided capital. But so you, even though you've got all I those that, that aren't Jews that are living there, it's kind of like you're giving in to to a kind of almost a national mantra, Greg, that has been there since they came back in 1948. So you're really. going to wonder if 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 God is going to allow or cause or or whatever within their hearts this growing desire, this growing further fervor rather, yes. for the Temple Mount to be rebuilt, that that the desire for that will be greater. Yeah. Then their desire to hang on to East Jerusalem or an yeah. undivided Jerusalem. I think what it'll be, it'll probably break down in, 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 you know, basically like a vote. I think yeah. you're going to have enough people that are going to say, we want our temple back. And so we're willing to concede East Jerusalem or some other area so we can rebuild our temple. And they're going to do it. And a quick wow. interesting side note, he tried to bring it up there to sacrifice. You know, uh, you might think, wait, they don't have the temple yet. How could you sacrifice? You don't need the temple to sacrifice. As a matter of fact, it tells us in Daniel that prior to the temple being completed, when they rebuild this third temple, they will start the sacrifices, if I'm not mistaken, some 220 days, close to six months on 30-day year, whatever, 220 days prior to the to the finishing of the temple, they're, they're going to set an altar up. 
and they're going to start doing sacrifices right away on that side over there. I mean, what's that going to be like, Greg? And by the way, for our listeners, if you've not been to Israel, look at pictures of the Temple Mount. Next time you maybe call it up on your, you know, on your computer, look at it or whatever, uh, you'll see where the Dome of the Rock is. And then if you're facing it from the Mount of Olives to the left will be the Al-Aqsa Mosque. So from the dome That's to the, the left, end. yes, if you're facing it, if you're looking from the yeah. east to the west, uh, it'd be from the Dome of the Rock to the left. That's that's the area that probably will end up be belonging to the Muslims that they'll get to keep. But just to the right of it, if this negotiation happens like I believe it will, there's a huge open area that a temple could easily be built on. I believe that's where the Jews are going to be. And so it's going to be very, very interesting to watch this unfold and um, exciting. Again, Anytime. Very much. Yes, it is. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who's helping us understand the signs of the times. It's our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM, LP Knoxville, a weekly radio broadcast that will become podcast number 281 later today and available to subscribe and listen through wherever you get your podcasts. And now... You've got me. To ease you back in from vacation, Pastor Mark, we there just we have one question for That's you. Easy. So this should be easy. <laughs> uh, this is from Kim. And Kim has a question about the Abraham Accords. She says, please explain the Abraham Accords. Is this in prophecy? And is it a good thing? Again, a great question. I'm surprised we hadn't gotten it uh, prior to now. I don't think we have. Um, yeah, I mean, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's 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 a good thing. Anytime you get nations to agree and have peace, so I would say this falls in the category of a good thing. As far as prophetically, there's nothing really specifically, um, Kim, about these uh, this particular accord, the Abrahamic Accords. There's nothing specific saying this is a fulfillment of prophecy. The fact that they used Abrahamic and accords makes you think prophecy, makes you think biblical. And again, it is an agreement between Muslim nations and Israel. So there is a significance there. And here's where the significance comes in. So first of all, to answer your question, I don't see a direct prophecy answered by this. However, I do see it as a good thing. And I see it as probably one cog in the wheel of many things that are leading toward a greater unity between the Jews and the Muslims leading up to this uh, one world uh, religion, one world government, one world everything that the Antichrist is going to bring in. Remember, when we see that battle take place with Iran and Russia and Turkey and Ethiopia, really Sudan, uh, and Libya coming against Israel and other, any other nations and, and the radicals that will join them, there's going to be some extreme radicals in that whole Middle Eastern region that are going to say, this is our chance we're going for. It. They're going to jump in you know, from wherever they are to jump into fight against Israel. The Bible says God's going to wipe out the majority of their, of their armies. They're going to be defeated. So you're going to have... A massive contingent of radical Islam suddenly removed from the Middle East. I also believe that sometime right around there, you're going to see the true Christians are going to be gone because the rapture of the church is going to happen, I believe, sometime around that battle. We don't know for sure, but sometime right around there. And so what that's doing is it's paving the way, Greg, for a world that is in more agreement. In other words, we have our disagreements, but we can get along. In other words, one might say that's not a real Christian. I'm a Christian. And I'm not so upset that you're a Muslim. Uh, not that Christians are upset somebody's a Muslim. We just love them and want them to know Christ. But you get my point. I don't, I'm not against you, but we can get along. Then you have the Muslims that maybe are not so you know, radical about their belief. They can get along with the Christians. Mm-hmm. So everybody can get along better for a while once, this, once the, the more committed are taken out of the way, the radical Islam and the committed Christian. And so the Abraham, uh, Abrahamic Accords is the kind of thing that leads toward that unity, I believe, heading down that road. What are the Accords specifically? 
Well, it's an agreement uh, between three different nations. You know, I should have, I'll tell you who they are right now. One's Morocco. I didn't have it ready. We've talked about the Abrahamic Accords in the past, and I don't know the three nations, so you caught me flat-footed here, which you've done before, Greg, but that's all right. Well, she Uh, just asked that question. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I should have had that. So I'm going to blame it on Kim. She caught you flat-footed. No, Kim did great. (laughs) This is my fault for not being prepared as a a radio host here. Again, it's bilateral agreements, okay, Uh, signed between Israel, here we go, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain uh, and the United States uh, and um, it's not Morocco I take that back so again it's uh, 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 United Emirates Bahrain and the United States um, in this agreement here and so again um, but it's it, it's it's kind of a linking now these first ones coming together here there's a picture of them uh, of the guys that signed together uh, with uh, Netanyahu and, being there and what are the accords I mean because you didn't they? mention Israel okay yeah well, it's it's bilateral agreements on Arab-Israeli normalization signed between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain. Oh, so Israel okay. on September fifteenth, twenty twenty, mediated by the United States. So it was, it was, it was. I take that back. I, I think I said United States include them in the yes. three. It's United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Israel. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the initial announcement was August thirteenth, twenty twenty, concerning only Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Before the announcement, uh, a follow-up agreement was made with Britain, et cetera. So mm. again, I, I when I looked at these, again, the reason I wasn't so immediately up to date on it is because I don't see this as a major prophetic event. So I haven't really treated it in my study and focus as a major prophetic event. I mean, when it happened, it had my attention. Um, I knew that it was United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and, and Israel. Uh, but, uh, you know, call on the carpet. I had to refresh my memory there. So either way, like I said, I don't see it as a major prophetic event, but I do see it as a, as a part of this major prophetic movement to bring the world together among Jews and Muslims and the Middle East. And so it is important in that in that state uh, in that um a genre okay fair enough well thank you for that kim and if you've got a question like kim don't forget you can just go to our website at thewaymedia.net or the way media app navigate to signs of the times and you'll see where you can ask pastor mark your prophecy question all right let's come back to america and we go to fox news where we see philadelphia officials are responding after a judge's decision prompted a mass looting. Yeah. And this judge's decision, according to these officials, is going to cause or look to destroy our city. Yeah, they don't really blame the uh, the judge here. The they judge blame, so much, yeah, but, this, but the people. Yeah, this happened. Um, yeah. Philadelphia's mayor and chief of police are speaking out after groups of teenagers looted multiple stores across the city, including an Apple store, uh, Lulamon, uh, Foot Locker, and police said the effort to steal merchandise was apparently coordinated. Of course it was. <laughs> um, what they do is, Greg, they look for an excuse to go and to loot those that want to do it, and then they do it, and this was an excuse. Um what happened was there was, a, again, a shooting, and uh, it didn't come out the way they wanted it to come out. So they said if it doesn't come out the way we you want... mean the ruling on the shooting? Yes. And okay. so that's why they say that. That's, and so they went nuts because they knew that it was the judge did the right thing. Okay. Um, but it says this is a sickening display of opportunistic criminal activity. We will not stand for it. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney said early Wednesday morning, after as many as 100 culprits, many juveniles were involved in ransacking stores over several hours Tuesday night. These were people who took advantage of an opportunity and looking to destroy our city. Interim Commissioner John Stanford told a group of reporters Wednesday morning, calling the group a bunch of criminal opportunists. So they weren't really attacking the the mayor. I mean, the judge. They were saying, look, we're trying to enforce some level of law and order here. And you guys are simply if it doesn't come out your way, you're going to loot and attack. Have we not seen this over the last year in, in so many American cities? 
if things don't turn out the way that someone thinks they should, whether it's, whether it's a right judgment or not, they go nuts. Now, we could go back and forth all day about the different judgments and whether they were right or not. Here's the problem. That's it's not the, the issue. The issue is there's a rule of law. If you don't follow it, whether you agree with it or not, you have anarchy. And so they're creating anarchy. And Greg, remember, what does the Bible say in the last days? You're going to see greater and greater violence, greater and greater anarchy, or we would say, as the Bible says, greater and greater lawlessness. Lawlessness will abound. And so when you see it at the highest levels of our own government, which we're watching now in our Congress and Senate and, and the leadership of America and, and, and governors and mayors, you're watching this stuff take happen, this, uh, happening, this lawless, we can expect that it's going to bleed down to the general populace. The people follow their leaders. And so what we see happening in the cities when these things happen is we have to blame ourselves as the leaders of the nation for not doing what's right and then not taking action against those that do wrong. So you can predict this kind of stuff and it won't be the end of it, sadly, because of where we go, where we are as a nation and where we are as a world in the last days. Yeah. Sad indeed. Yep. All right, as we look at some one-world religion, we turn our attention through Fox News to climatologist and scientist, Catholic Pope Francis, who rebukes a quote-unquote irresponsible United States on climate change compared to China. He says that the world's at a breaking point. This is laughable on so many levels, but it's sad. It's a sad laugh, if you will. Uh, first of all, with the stands that this particular pope has made, it's very clear he he's, he doesn't know the Lord. You couldn't know the Lord and be following the Word of God and make the stands that he's made. And that's not to be offensive to our, our Catholic brothers and sisters out there. We love the, our, our Catholic family, even as we do the rest of the body of Christ, for those who know the Lord. But this particular leader, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And he has revealed very clearly by different uh, statements he's made, different stands he's made, um, even against the Word of God, that he's not a true believer. But now, where he is motivated is politics. And this is a, such a huge, ridiculous political statement. Probably, I think, the world is in agreement for those that used to be, and now it's become so political they're not. The, the world's worst world polluter is China. I mean, that goes hands down. I know. When I saw that, China, I'm like, going, you've got to be China kidding me, right? China is the worst of the worst. Listen, China started wearing masks years ago in China, not because of some disease. Just smog. Yes. It is so polluted in China. They wear masks just to stay healthy, uh, trying to block some of the, the particles in the air from all the pollution. So to even compare, to compare anybody to China and say China setting an example is laughable. But I have noticed, for whatever the reason, China is being lifted up and exalted by the leaders of the world as a leader in the world in all these areas, be it climate change, be it um, AI, artificial intelligence, be it the way they handled the whole pandemic, and they were horrible. They, they, they were horrible, and they are horrible at every turn and every level. They're, they're the worst of all of it. They locked their own people in buildings where in one building caught on fire when the whole pandemic was going. People died because they locked them in the buildings and wouldn't let them out. They actually bolted the door shut because they didn't want anybody walking around with the, the pandemic. And the people died. I mean, th- nobody could have handled this any worse than China did on every level. And they're one of the world's worst polluters on the planet. So, first of all, when you see any kind of statement like this, you have to come to one or two conclusions before you even get in the article. Either he has no knowledge of what's going on, 
or it's totally a political statement. This is totally a political and spiritual statement. But again, it's prophetic. The spirit of Antichrist. And that is uniting the world in whatever means. And this particular means is by climate change to try to make the whole world come under authority and control. So the Antichrist steps on the scene, he can rule the world and do this. So it's just it's just absurd on so many levels. But it says Pope Francis issued a new call for climate change action on Wednesday when he slammed the United States in particular as irresponsible on emissions compared to China. And I quote, the world in which we live is collapsing and may be nearing the breaking point. The Pope wrote in a 12 page uh, uh, article, which um, which means praise God in Latin. It's I can't say the words how they say it in Latin. Laudate doom or something. I'm that's probably not it because it sounds like well, do it with an East Tennessee accent, Pastor Mark, because I think that would really help. Laudate diem. There you go. He did a laudate diem, which means praise God (laughs) in Latin. So that way, see now we can you you have the gift of interpretation. Yes. It says, if we consider that emissions per individual in the United States are about two times greater than those living in China, this is what? I know. About seven times greater than the average poorest countries, we can state that the broad change and irresponsible lifestyle connected with the Western model would have a significant long-term impact. No doubt the numbers are being greatly perverted and twisted, and maybe the numbers of people that are in China and some type of way they're trying to manipulate. But but China, China is way worse at pollution than America. They're not even on the same scale. Anyway, after taking square aim at the United States, Francis heightened the alarm about the irreversible harm to people and the planet. Uh, already underway, and lamented that once again the world's poor and most vulnerable are paying the highest price. The Pope said, and I quote, the necessary transition towards clean energy sources such as wind and solar energy and the abandonment of fossil fuels is not progressing at the necessary speed. Let me just say it's not progressing. It's crazy. It'll destroy the earth. Um, but it's, again, yeah. the spirit of of the Antichrist. And, and, Greg, really, this is Satan starting to use religion on a greater scale now to influence world yeah. unity. Remember, the goal yeah. here is world unity and world control. We've talked about kind of the theme of this show with right. what we've seen happening. And now religion is coming into play. Remember, yeah. part of the end time scene is not right. just a one world government, not just one world economy. It's one world religion. Right. And part of that can be once the radical Muslims are removed. We talked about some of the battles coming up. That There's going to be a great reduction in the radical numbers of Islam. The rapture of the church, which will reduce the, the radical or the, the numbers of uh, believers off the earth. Uh, all believers, actually. Uh, who truly know the Lord, and then you can bring in these false religions. They can be brought in and and implemented. So everything is working together, uh, I guess we we would say swimmingly, for the Antichrist and for Satan. This is a spiritual battle. It is truly a uniting of the world, and it's, it's it's such nonsense. It has to be spiritual. You repeat the lie long enough, and people will believe it. Yeah, Uh, Oil, crude oil, does not come from the fossils or yeah. the bones or the decaying bodies of dinosaurs. That's right. There is no DNA found in crude oil. Yeah. There is no dinosaur bones found where oil deposits are found and vice versa. Yeah. yeah God is providing the oil and right. he will continue to provide the oil. It's a supernatural thing that he created this planet. Yeah. So there wouldn't be enough dinosaurs for the amount of oil that we're finding anyway, Greg. That's, it's, I mean, when you start doing the real science about it, that, that's a whole other subject. But the thing to realize, yeah. you know, the thing to realize here is that we see we have to look at it with our spiritual glasses. Yes. That is that Satan is working to unite the world as one. He's going to do it from all angles, from yes. world leaders, from world religious leaders, from anybody he can use. He's going to and and you know but this is great because the lord said that you know our eyes have been opened we're not living in darkness like the world around us we can see the world can't see 
And as a, as a matter of fact, the Bible says in the last days, they won't be able to see, Greg. They'll no. have no clue what's going on. No. We will see what's happening. They won't. And that's what's happening. It is so clear to the yeah. believer what's going yeah. on. It's like you want to get on the rooftop and yeah. shout it because can't you see yeah. this? But remember, blind people can't see. And number two, those that are spiritually blinded on top of that, again, not just the world viewpoint, Greg, they really are not going to be able to see as they reject yeah. the truth. And God allows this strong delusion, as it yeah. says in Romans chapter one to come. As second Corinthians chapter four, verses three for four or three through four talks about, even if the gospel was veiled, it's veiled from those that are perishing, whose minds have been darkened. That's right. And so that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people who spiritually, their minds have been darkened. Yeah, and and only God can illuminate their minds. And it's only going to get worse. Yes. It's only going to get worse. But again, we don't need to despair. Nope. Because we rejoice because these are the things, um, the Lord said, I'll tell you these things before they happen. So you'll, you, that the point was that we wouldn't be afraid. So we would know that he's in control. Yeah. If he's in control and he's on the throne, then we can rest and trust. And there's actually a joy that comes. We don't rejoice in the hard stuff, but a joy comes in knowing, wow, we're getting close and it's about to get really great. It's going to get dark before it gets great, but then it's going to get really, really great. We, we have freedom in God's sovereignty and we can rejoice in it. That's right. For sure. All right. Let's go to the church. Well, don't necessarily recommend going to this church, yeah. North, North yeah. Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, where that's Andy Stanley's church. Yeah. And he's hosting an LGBT affirming conference, according to ChristianHeadlines.com. Yeah, very disturbing, especially in a lot of um, his dad, uh, Charles Stanley. Charles such Stanley. A great yeah. man of God. Used yes. in such great ways to see Andy veer off in. Really, just apostasy. I don't know how else to say it. You know, we've been watching the signs. You know, Greg, we've been watching the signs of, of Andy Stanley for years. Yeah. He'll take one subject and go off in something that's apostate. And people point it out, but he just kind of keeps going. And because it's like 90% right and 10% wrong, um, you know, now who, it's who getting... Who was Solomon's son that went, that went rogue in... Well, abs- uh, oh, was it, oh, was so- it Rehoboam or Jeroboam? I, can, I get those two confused all the time. Yeah, well, so, it, Rehob- it, it was, it was uh, Rehoboam was the one that was there in... Um, uh, Jerusalem. But uh, who's the one that raised the taxes and really put the screws to the people? That was Rehoboam. Rehoboam, thank yeah, you. And, and Jeroboam was the one that was you know trying to get him to, to not do that, but Rehoboam, his son, yes. So this is kind of like Rehoboam to Solomon. Here's Andy Stanley, God used in such great ways. <laughs> I mean, Charles Stanley. Yeah. And then along comes his son. Yeah. And does the complete opposite. Well, remember, again, we shouldn't be, it saddens my heart, but we shouldn't yeah. be surprised by this. Remember, Second Thessalonians 2.3 says there's going to be a falling away in the last days. And, and while, while we just talked about this particular pope that is really just, you know, off the path and, and yeah. nowhere near the things of God. Well, now we come within the Protestant church. And here we have within the Protestant church another false teacher, another false leader in Andy Stanley. And, um, and, and again, it's not, it's not just loving those that are in this lifestyle and leading them to Christ. It's promoting them and supporting them in it, which, again, is a promotion of the destruction of their soul. Let me read some of this. Stanley's North Point uh, Community Church is hosting the Unconditional Conference, a two-day event, September 28th and 29th, which, again, has already happened, for parents of LGBTQ plus children and for ministry leaders looking to discover ways to support parents of, of these in their churches that have these children. The website says Stan is one of the speakers. Now that on its surface, again, is not a bad statement. You know, to be able to know how to re- support them in in the sense of in of, what of, way though the gospel. The question, yes, yes. In, in supporting him in love, but also confronting him in love and reaching him with the gospel. Now listen to what it says about it. I quote: "You'll be equipped, refreshed, inspired as you hear from leading communicators on topics that speak to your heart, soul, and mind." The website says. We deeply desire this time will bring about healing and restoration, no matter what theological stance you hold. 
We invite you to listen, reflect, and learn as we approach this topic from the quieter middle space. But Albert Moeller, president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, says advertising for the conference indicates clearly that this event is designed as a platform for normalizing LGBTQ plus revolution, while claiming that the conference represents the quieter middle space. Moeller critiqued the conference in a New World Opinions column. Now, listen, and again, I think, Greg, just seeing the speakers... This first speaker alone tells well, you everything yeah, you need to know. David Gushi, a professor of Christian ethics at Mercer University, supports same-sex marriage and has argued for full LGBTQ inclusion within the church. In other words, not that they're... Not, not that they're welcomed in the church, that they might hear the gospel, which of course is the case, but that they are accepted in their sin, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's where he's coming from. So that right there is, is a major indicator. Justin Lee, the executive director of Nuance Ministries, and a Christian voice for the LGBTQ affirmation. So once again, somebody affirming that sinful lifestyle. He was another speaker. Another speaker, Brian Neitzel. Um, Nitzel, I may be saying that wrong, a gay man who uh, co-founded uh, Renovus, an organization that helps the LGBTQ plus individuals rediscover Jesus, he says, and Greg and Lynn McDonald, the authors of the book Embracing the Journey, a Christian parent's blueprint to loving your LGBTQ child. All these, Greg, are not loving him in the sense of lovingly confronting them to lead them to Christ, but saying, you know what, it's okay how you are. And so they're basically condemning their souls. Yeah. You know what just popped in my mind, Pastor Mark, as you read all of this, was what Jesus said. And, I, and, and it's one of those things that, you, that always causes you to give pause. And he said, there, were, there will be those that will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. Right. Didn't I, you know, prophesy in your name? Didn't I do all of this? And he will say, depart from me. I do not know you. Right. And said, I never knew you. I never, I never knew yeah, you. Yeah. What came into my mind was these people right here. Yeah. If they are so deceived in yeah. not listening to what God's word says and they want to put everything on the shoulders of theologic, theolo- theology or humanistic thinking or man's opinion right. and not allow scripture to interpret scripture and take God's word at its face value what it says right. and they're trying to twist things and maybe with the intent of but this feels so normal and natural and right how can it be wrong so I've got to try to marry these two and I think I'm doing the right thing but now God tells me you never knew me yeah could this be, Pastor Mark, some of the people that Jesus is talking about? Absolutely, Greg. Absolutely. I think you're going to see a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of different, you know, people standing before the Lord for different reasons saying yeah. that. But yes. And it's very, it's very sad, uh, very scary for them. But here's the bottom line. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And he, and he said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so since he is the word and he's the spoken word and the written word and is the word in human form, it's the Bible. So he's yeah. saying it's, it's those who obey the Bible. Now, again, I always want to do this because we may have those listening that come from the LGBTQ sure. plus community. Absolutely. And I don't want them to misunderstand where we're coming from. It seems no. that Satan is very good in misrepresenting where the Christian comes from. You are loved. You're loved by God. Absolutely. And you're loved by us. You are yes. welcome at the church. There's no boundary there. But it's like any other sin. The Bible clearly says that that is a sin against God. And the problem is, Greg, I think that if we don't lovingly confront that uh, to show them how they can be saved and forgiven of their sin, to me, that's the that's the classic definition of hate. If you want to know what hate is, it's not telling someone the truth that could save their soul. 
And I think what has happened successfully, really, with the psychologizing of America and even the church in the last 50 years or whatever. Especially in the church. Yeah, is that we have changed the definition of love. Love, God's definition of love is, and I'll, I'll put it in simple my words, it, it's much more than this. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, that's it. But just to sum up it for, for our conversation's sake here in this context, it would be what is best for the person eternally. What is best? And so what is best for the person eternally is they need to repent of their sin and turn from their sin or they're going to be separated from God for all eternity. Mm -hmm. So if you truly love them, you will tell them that so they can be forgiven and go to heaven. Now, on the opposite side of that, the psychologizing of the church has says that love is you need to um, basically um, confirm someone's feelings. If you confirm who they are, whether right or wrong, because they feel that way. And now you're loving them. That's not love because that will result yeah. in their eternal condemnation yeah. and the eternal condemnation of their soul. So there's nothing loving about that. It's the opposite yeah. of love. So it's interesting how Satan reverses things, Greg. He calls believers haters when really we're the ones loving those that are lost. Yeah. And he calls those that are accepting them the lovers when really they're the ones that are hating yeah. them. Uh, let me just add a little bit to that, Pastor Mark. What human psychology, modern psychology does is it, it takes conditions that the bible says are sin and calls them a syndrome an addiction uh uh, uh a whatever that blame shifts the responsibility away from the individual and onto heredity or or climate yeah. or any kind of outside influence and what that does is that takes the accountability and responsibility for that sin away from that person when god wants us to take that sin and repent from it and take it to the cross right. and that's the difference and that's what yeah. human psychology does yeah yeah again and i i know there i'm not saying there's no uses or whatsoever i think there's some things you can learn from psychology about you know don't yell at your wife don't yell at your kids you know you can be a nicer person you can do well, some the bible tells us that too. you can do some modification behavior but i mean at best i see it really as you know you're taking a corpse and, and putting makeup on it because the only thing that can change a person to the heart is the Spirit of God. And, and, and we've just gotten off on that, and now we're paying for it. <laughs> Big time. Yes, we are. All right, let's get to some good news with the time that we have left here. This is from Fox News. An all-American athlete tells of a redemption story after her uh, or parents blamed their sin for her birth defect. Yeah, very interesting story. Yeah. All-American athlete Caitlin Pabey is ready to tell her story. She was born with a birth defect. Uh, she originally turned down uh, the offer uh, three times to create a film based on her life story. Uh, she became the first All-American athlete in Lanesville, Indiana, to receive a scholarship to play college softball. Uh, we didn't think that I had a story to share. My family didn't think we had a story. There's other people, and we just didn't want to be seen as different. But we ended up saying yes because Tyler Sampson, our director, or, uh, uh, Sanson, Sansum, sorry, our director, proposed one question. If I can help inspire one person, and if I can lead one person to Christ, if you could lead one person to Christ, would you do it? And they said yes. So because of that, they said, we'll do the film called I Can, which is produced by Kappa Studios and features actress Danner Brown portraying Pavey. It's based on Caitlin's life. It focuses on her parents' affair, which led to an unexpected pre uh, pregnancy and her softball journey. Again, the pregnancy ended on a birth defect uh, and only one fully developed arm. Uh, they believed that God was punishing them, and so therefore that's where the, this whole thing came in. So this is a story of redemption, basically saying, look, regardless of how you got here or what took place, God loves everyone, and, and God you know, um, uses all things, if you will. Yeah. Uh, God doesn't make mistakes, so to speak, was one yeah. of the comments they said. He uses it, and so that's what the story's about. So a great redemption. 
redemption story. I think it's um, uh, coming out in theaters here soon. It may encourage a lot of people that feel like maybe the way they came into the world. I try to imagine those who came into mm. the world by rape or other things. Look, remember this. How if, they would feel. Yeah. If you were born, God created you in the womb and he made you who you are. It has nothing to do with how you got in this world. You now start fresh with Jesus Christ when you give your life to him. He made you for a purpose. He'll use you for a purpose. You are not lesser. You are, uh, again, oftentimes can be used in greater ways because of your testimony. And I hope that's what this does. So a great story of redemption in our life here. Uh, and, and again, the Greg, the, the wonderful thing is that story of redemption is always available for everyone, even now. Those listening to the broadcast today, if you know that you need Jesus Christ, you've never given your life to the Lord, you know that you have sin that needs to be dealt with, you, you recognize the signs of the times, it's as simple as turning to Jesus right now in prayer, asking him to forgive you, confessing your sin, tell him you believe he died for you on the cross, and receive him as Lord and Savior. And the Bible says if you do that, you will be born again and welcomed into the kingdom of God, regardless of how you got here or who you are or where you're from. Jesus' arms are open to all that will come to him through the blood on the cross. And so that is the ultimate redemption story. And hopefully someone will respond even today to that message. Yeah, what a great thought to end on. It doesn't matter how you got here. That's right. It only matters where you're going. That's right. That's exactly right. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And folks, thank you for listening. Uh, Don't forget our website. It's thewaymedia.net for all things Signs of the Times related. And you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. You can read the articles we discuss. It's the only place you can do it. It's right there on the website or in the app. So you can see that we are not making this stuff up. This is actually happening in front of us. We cannot deny it. And normal is not coming back the way we understood it. But Jesus is. And so we have every reason to be hopeful and happy and rejoicing that he is going to come and get us soon if we don't go home to be with him. And we hope you'll join us next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss more signs of the times right here on WIAM.